Hey, it's Andy. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a great interview for you today. Tua Tungavailoa, former Alabama quarterback, the most intriguing person in the NFL draft. Clear franchise quarterback talent. But what about the injuries? What happens? Who takes him? Does he care who takes him? Does he care where he goes? He's going to answer all those questions next. Muscle milk helps build muscles, but not the muscle that pushes you to come back stronger after the world has counted you out. Sure, muscle milk helps build muscle, but it takes heart to build strength. Okay, to it. In that commercial, you're talking about the the muscle that helps you when the world has counted you out. The heart that the muscle milk helps you, and you're here presented by Muscle Milk, by the way. But it is the heart that that gets you through that time. And I'm just curious, at what point did you feel like you needed that? You know, your heart to say, "I can do this. I can get through this." Was there ever a moment of doubt? You know, between Mississippi State and right now. Man, that that that's a great question. You know, I, I I'd like to say first off, man, I. I'm just blessed and, you know, I, I'm excited to be working with Muscle Milk and, and have a partnership with them. You know, I, I've used Muscle Milk products, I mean, throughout my career since I can remember. You know, I would say eighth grade going into ninth grade is when I usually, is when I kind of really started to use their product. Um, but being able to use the product and, and, you know, before workouts and after workouts and now being a part of something like this, um, man, it's it's been amazing. It's, it's been, it's been a blessing, but to, to answer your question, you know, with, with that, with this ad, you know, kind of being the heart, you know, I, I would say for me, it, it, it resembles because, you know, a lot of the things that I had to go through, um, you know, you're talking about the hip injury. I had both ankles. And if you look at the ad, um, I mean, the heart, it, it focuses heavily on, on inner strength. And Muscle Milk recognizes, you know, just how important that is, not with just your inner strength, but um, how it translates to your physical strength and the emphasis it has on the mental side of, of things as well. So that's why it resonated so much with me. One of the things that always struck me about you is something Nick Saban said after the hip injury. He said he went to see you hoping to make you feel better and, and you wound up making him feel better. How important was just having the right attitude as you, as you dealt with all that? Man, I, I think having a good attitude is very important regardless of, of what you're doing um, because that goes a long way in life. Um, people look, look to, to um, other people for, you know, help in, in certain ways. And, you know, if, if you don't have a good attitude when someone asks you for help, I mean, they're not going to want your help. So having a good attitude goes a long way in, in, in everything. And you, you, you always seem to be able to make Nick Saban laugh. The, the one story you told, which I, I was amazed that, that he did not laugh this time, was right after the national title game, when you came in, you throw the touchdown on second and 26, and, and you said you took the sack on first down to, to give yourselves more room to throw. You're figuring after the national title game, he's going to laugh at that. But he was actually mad about that? Yeah, he, he was actually – coaching never stops for that guy. So he, he, wasn't, he wasn't mad. 
he just wanted to know why why I did it. So I thought it was a good opportunity to joke, especially because we won. Um, but it but it wasn't. He he told me it wasn't funny, and he told me you know you can't be taking sacks like that and this and that. So I told him you know sorry, coach, you know it won't happen again and and whatnot. And from there he just he just walked off. He had he had media. He didn't say anything else. So I was like, oh man, this this guy's serious. But you know, guys guys like that who who are never content. Um, have have really helped shape and mold me to 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 the player that that um, I am today. Well, let's talk about the player you are because somebody's going to pick you, and we don't know where that's going to be. Do you have a place in mind, not necessarily a city or a team, but where you feel like you should be in the draft? Uh, to me, honestly, where whatever team decides to take a chance on me. I'll be more than than happy to 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 be at that place. Um, I believe that whatever team is is out there that picks me, that that's where I'm supposed to be. So, what have the questions been like from NFL teams to you during this? Is it mostly about health stuff? Is it is it about scheme? Is it about you know how you're throwing right now? Because I mean, they they can't see you other than the videos you guys have sent. This is a a really weird draft process. But what are the kinds of things they're asking you? Yeah, well, a lot of the teams are are, are just asking me how I'm feeling after the workouts. Do I feel sore? Is is there is there any numbness where the hip is? Just a lot of a lot of questions in in that aspect. But. As far as football, it's it's pretty much all been the same. Every team has a little playbook they go through and they go over fronts and IDs and their protections. And then at the ending of the meeting or towards the ending of the meeting, they have you regurgitate a lot of that back to them. So that's how a lot of the meetings have looked. Do, do you feel like what you did at Alabama translates pretty well to, to what these guys want you to do? With the NFL? Yeah, in terms of the scheme and and what you're going to wind up doing uh, in with whatever NFL team you wind up playing for. Yeah, I I would say Alabama set me set me up uh, to be successful in the NFL. I say that only because I've gone through three offensive coordinators, a change of many many quarterback coaches, and and on top of of all of that, I, I've I've gone through schemes where. One, one was more RPO, one was more drop back. I mean, I, I got the gist of going under center, playing in the, in the shotgun, kind of, kind of doing a lot of, a lot of things, you know, um, playing with the RPO game, you know, just normal drop back game, reading pure progressions from one side of the field to the other. So I, I would say Alabama set me up to be successful. Is it weird that you're not going to be, you know, be able to be in the green room with your teammates that, you know, Henry Ruggs would have been there, Jerry Judy probably would have been there. How strange is it going to be kind of being with yourself and your family on draft night instead of with everybody? If you want me to be honest, that's that's what it it looked like for me since I ever dreamed about being picked and then going to the NFL was just being with my family and spending time with them and enjoying that moment with them. That's how it's really been. So you you weren't worried about being at the draft. You don't not worried about the suit you were wearing. You just wanted to be hanging out with the family, the the folks that that have been with you the whole time. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. It, it'd be awesome to to still be able to attend it, wear wear our nice suits, and be able to represent my family in that fashion. But man, it it, 
it's so much better when it's just when there's no outside noise. It's just you and your family enjoying that moment together. So I want to put you, well, I'm not going to completely put you on the spot, but how hard would it be if you are an NFL general manager somewhere in that first round and you have to pick between Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs? You want, to, you want a receiver and you, got to, you can only pick one of them. How hard would that be for you? I would say that'd be tough. You're looking at two very competitive guys. You're looking at two tough guys. You're looking at guys with speed, guys with hands, guys that are, are quick to get in and out of the routes, but also guys that are well-respected in the locker room, guys that don't have off-field issues. And, and I mean, you're, you're, you're just looking at long-term guys. You're not looking at guys who are there, you know, for, for the short-term of, of things. So uh, people have talked to, about you being a good teammate because you can relate to anybody, whether it's, you know, a walk-on who doesn't play or, or a, a big-time star, five-star recruit guy. How important is that when you're the quarterback, when you're the leader of the, the offense and the leader of the team, to be able to, to talk to anybody? Well, I, I think that's, that's key. That's very important when you're a quarterback. For me, I, I would say my relationship, my, my, relationship my, my leadership style is more relationship-oriented. It's not, it's not where you just look at someone and if they do the wrong thing, you're just getting on them for every little thing. I, I would say it's, it's more so you build a relationship with the guys off the field in the locker room to where when things get heated on the field, there's that level of understanding and level of respect that you created off the field that, that you guys just, just kind of, everything just goes right from there. Are you one of those guys who's going to keep a list of, of the teams that didn't take you? Is that going to be in the back of your mind or is that not something you worry about? I would say that's not something I'm worried about because it's, it's out of my control. I, I can't control who wants to pick me and who picks me and who doesn't. All I can control is what I do when I am picked. You know, what, what do I do from there? Do you know Joe Burrow? Do you know Justin Herbert at all? I, I, Justin, I imagine you guys both being West Coast high school QBs probably met a, a couple times, but have you dealt with those guys through the years? Um, I actually know, know, I, I know Joe um, only because we played against each other more. And with Justin, I got to talk to Justin some at, at the combine. So that's how I met all of those guys. Is it crazy to think that this is here? I mean, this is your dad had you working on on throwing left-handed at five years old, and I'm sure you always dreamed of what this moment would be like. Is it what you thought it would be as you as you prepare for the for the actual draft? Yeah, I, I, I would definitely say this is man. This is <laughs> this has been my dream, man. You know, and and the crazy thing about this is. It hasn't just been a dream of mine. It's, it's been my family's dream as well, that they get to see their, their last name go across the board. Um, I mean, it, it's just an opportunity for all of us to make our dream come true. And I, I get the blessing of kind of being the person they can live that dream through. When you were younger, it was Marcus Mariota going through this process and, and you were the, the kid kind of looking up at him. What did you take from that? And, and what does it mean to be representing Hawaii and, and the football that's played out there? Man, it, it, it means a lot. It means a lot to, to be able to follow in the footsteps of not just Marcus, but you got guys like Manti Teo as well from, from Hawaii, um, guys who have really paved the way for athletes like myself. Um, to know that, I mean, you, you, you can go anywhere in the country and, and you can play, play with, with the best of the best. 
So what is an NFL team getting when they draft Tua Tungavailoa? Man, that's a good question. I would say, I would say they're getting someone who's who's tough, who's competitive, um, but at the same time, someone someone who, who's a relationship builder. So how how do you feel? I mean, that, that's I know that's what the NFL teams keep asking. But how is the hip? Uh, we've seen you move around. It looks like you're moving at full speed. But what has it been like to get to that that point? Oh man, it, it's it's been tough. Rehab has been tough. It's been hard, but I, I would say now I, I'm I'm definitely at at a hundred percent. I'm I'm back to to how I I'd say I would normally uh, do things. If I had to go out there and play today, I'd I'd be able to do so. Um, but what what makes me confident enough to say a lot of that is throughout the rehab process and and doing the medical rechecks. I mean, I checked off all the boxes with what my rehab guy had to say and with what the doctors had to say as well. Were you nervous about that at, at first, the, the first time you had to go? Because the combine is, is, is everybody talks about it like it's cattle. Like there's doctors all around you looking, pulling, prodding. But was there ever any concern of, okay, what are they going to find? What are they going to see? Or did your medical team kind of prep you for, here's what they're going to see and here's what they're going to ask you? Well, I, I would say no one, no one really prepped me in, in that sense. And there was no, there was no worry for me when I, when I went in and, and did my, my rechecks for my medical. For, for me, I, all I knew is if I just get an opportunity, man, I, I'm going to make the best of that opportunity. So how did you, how did you lighten the mood during the rehab? Because that's, that's hard work and, and painful work. So how, how did you have fun? while you were doing that? Cause I, I know from talking to your teammates and your coaches that you try to make everything fun. Yeah. Well, I, I would say, I would say the, the way you, you make things fun is by having a good attitude about it. You know, you, you joke here and there with, with your guy that's helping you with your rehab. And then I mean, you joke with other guys, you, you lift them up when you start lifting other people up. I mean, it lifts you up even more than <laughs> you thought. So that's, that's kind of how, how it went. I was reading a story about you and uh, you were you were riding along with your dad and and you asked for the cord to plug your uh, your phone into the radio and on pops Shania Twain. So the the question I have to ask you Shania Twain song to sing at the top of your lungs. Wh- which one is it? Is it is it Man I Feel Like a Woman? Is it Any Man of Mine? What what's the one that that gets you going? Um I mean, I like From This Moment On by Shania. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, from this moment is good. Um, I mean, there's 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 another one by Shania that I really like. I I would say from this moment on, and and you're still the one. Oh, that's excellent. And then at the that particular story winds up with you singing "Shake You Down" by Gregory Abbott at the top of your lungs. And I, I gotta say, as an old guy, very nice choice. How did how did, did were you always kind of an old soul, or was that something that that mom and dad? brought to you well i i would say i would say it's 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 a little bit of both i would say i i heard some of the music at barbecues we'd have as family you know and and i'd see a lot of the old guys you know kind of groove into it and i think dang that's probably super cool so i i I should download this song and, and get to know it and so that's that's what i did but i mean really you get a good taste of of what music was was really like you know, in, in this day and age, music is totally different, man. It's a lot of, lot of electronic things going on in, in our music now. 
Well, I want to go to a Tongue of Iloa family barbecue. That that sounds <laughs> like an amazing place. Because I, I, I know you guys love to eat, and now I know what you're listening to. I know what the playlist is. Uh, so I'm in. So please, when when social distancing is over, I want an invite. <laughs> for surely, for surely. <laughs> Tua, thank you so much. Good luck wherever you wind up going. Thank you. And also, everyone can check out that Muscle Milk ad on Instagram at, at Muscle Milk. So that ad that I have, if you guys want to check it out, thank you. <laughs> That's right. He's, do, he's doing the job already. See, NFL teams, when you hire this man, he does the job you hire him to do. <laughs> Tua, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. I did not think those would be Tua's Shania Twain song choices. He seems more like a sing-along at the top of your lungs, karaoke kind of guy. So I was thinking, man, I feel like a woman with a da-da-na-na-na-na. But I got to tell you, I had not thought about from this moment in a long, long time. That song still slaps. Like way more than I remember it. So good on you, Tua. I may be singing along to that one in the shower. I think this guy is a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I think for as long as his body will let him be, he is going to be a great NFL quarterback. So here's the question you have to ask yourself with Tua. How long are you going to get with him? Does that matter to you? Because if you can get four, five, six years of great quarterback play out of Tua, I think that's worth a top five pick. I think that's worth trading up for if you're one of those teams that aren't the Dolphins, that aren't the Lions or the Giants, and and the Lions or the Giants aren't going to take a quarterback. So if you're the Dolphins, why not? Why not roll the dice on it? Uh, Justin Herbert is as much of a dice roll as Tua is, but in a different way and for a different reason. If Tua is completely healthy and he can stay healthy for a long time, you could be talking about an all-time great quarterback. Guys like him don't come along very often. And I just think the teams that choose to pass on him are probably making a mistake. I get the Bengals. I understand why you would take Joe Burrow number one. He doesn't have that kind of injury history when he was placed in an offense that an NFL team has been running. I mean, that is basically what the LSU offense was last year. It was the Saints offense. So when he was placed in that offense, he put up one of the best seasons a quarterback has ever had. So listen, I have no problem with him going number one and him being the first quarterback off the board. But the next one should be Tua. I don't care about the injury stuff. It is worth the risk because a guy like this doesn't come along very often. And that's the decision some teams have to make. And we talked to Dane Brugler, the athletics draft analyst, uh, about a week ago, and he said, the conversation we're not having is what happens if Tua drops? What happens if the Dolphins don't take him and the Chargers don't take him? And you saw a report from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network that the Dolphins may be looking to take an offensive tackle with their first pick of the first round. And, I mean, that may be a smokescreen. But what if they do? And then the Chargers take Herbert. You know what would happen at that point? Some really good team, some really smart team would probably trade up and snap up Tua. And that could be the best thing that happened. I always think about Aaron Rodgers and watching him in the green room and how, I mean, it was just painful and awkward to watch him sit there in the green room. But the best thing that happened to him was he got picked by a good franchise. 
and the good franchises tend to draft at the bottom of the first round. So I don't think that would be a bad thing for Tua. I just I think he's so good that he's not going to fall that far. If a good franchise gets him, I'm talking about a team that that wins regularly and and is run well, it's probably going to be because they traded up. So I'm fascinated to see where he goes. I think this is going to be one of the more interesting drafts in years, and not just because everybody's doing it on Zoom. By the way, Tua, we interviewed him on Zoom. Sounded really good. So if, if that is an indication of how well the technology might work on draft night, great. I mean, you're going to be fine, NFL. But I I am really excited to see what happens. This is our first sporting event we can watch as a community in a long time. So uh, join us on, on Twitter. I'll be controlling the Athletics College Football account. You'll also be able to just play around with me at Andy underscore Staples. We'll be doing some video stuff. Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel and I will be doing a group text the entire time that we will publish on Friday morning. And also, Friday morning, the regularly scheduled episode of the Andy Staples Show will be a draft recap. As soon as it's over, we're going to get together, start talking draft. We'll, we'll talk about what happened, if there were any electronic foibles, you know, if anybody tried to go to the bathroom while they were still connected, still had their mic on, any of that good stuff. Anybody accidentally drafted a punter in the first round because they didn't know how to use Zoom. Whatever it is, we're going to break it all down on Friday morning, and obviously where Tua Tungavailoa gets picked is probably going to be a very, very big topic on Friday morning. But I can't wait. We finally have an event on the calendar that we can all circle, and we can just huddle around our TVs and watch it together. And, man, I've missed that. So let's watch, and then let's get back together on Friday morning and talk about it all. From this moment, life has begun. From this moment, you are the one. Right beside you is where I belong.